0: May have heard of us. All right, what's up, Chandra? This is Stephen, your host from Phantology, along with my lifelong friend Josh. Josh, how's it going? Are you ready to talk about Well of Ascension? I am ready. I um,
1: I'm I've been pumped to talk about this book. It's the only the second time I've read it. Last time I read it was probably ten, no longer than that.
0: Yes, yeah, same oh, for me. Twelve
1: years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I read in 2010. Dang, time flies. So I'm excited to to talk about this.
0: Yeah, I I definitely also read it for the first time in 2010-11 in the infancy of my fantasy book reading career. And it's interesting to see how my perspective on the book has changed over the years because this is also the second time I've read it.
1: Honestly, it it is, as you said, it's interesting because I think that certain things that I remember really liking about it I still like, but they're not as standout to me. Whereas certain things I didn't, that I didn't really care about before now do really stand out to me, if that Mm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited to get into this.
0: And I think at this point, after all the books we've read and reviewed and we, you know, we've thought a lot just about like the process of, of creating these books and what goes into different things and how authors think about things. I think rereading this now we can see this is earlier on in Brandon's career. I think there's a couple of things that I think maybe he has like I, I can tell that he's improved upon in his later books and I would guess if he were to write this again, he might change a few things. I can I can talk about what I'm thinking about a little bit later on. but uh, overall, it was, yeah, I think my recollection before the reread was that it was a pretty decent middle, book middle middle of the trilogy book meaning that it kind of bogged through the middle and there were a few plot lines that i didn't really care for especially the zane one and so i kind of already had that bias going in on the reread and i think i liked it more than i remembered to be honest
1: yeah i think i i think my opinion on it didn't really change that much but like like i said for different reasons so i'll give an example for one i i thought up until this point, I had only read fantasy books that really nailed the endings of things. I think like mm-hmm. Ender's Game, you know, has a phenomenal ending. Most okay. of the Harry Potter books, for what they are, have really good endings. Mm-hmm. You know, so so the, these are the type of books that I was reading. Just like epic fantasy, or not maybe not epic, um, classic fantasy that nails like a lot of the good things. So when, Mistborn, mm-hmm. when I read Mistborn, the endings are excellent. And that's kind of all I had no- ever known were excellent endings, I think, or at least endings that fulfilled mm-hmm. the plot. And neatly, so, while I, yeah,
0: they're very neatly wrapped yeah. books and yeah, and very compelling endings leading into the next one mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, while I certainly enjoyed the endings before, I didn't see them as like a standout in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I do. Now I think that each one of these books, the endings like recontextualizes most of the book, if not like most of the series that we saw, you know, like the ending of book two, mm-hmm. or yeah, uh, well, of Ascension recontextualizes like both book one and book two and right. and sets up really well for, well for book three. So the ending was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Other things like character work that I that I think I was impressed by before. Um, like with Vin and Ellen and the crew. Like I remember just really digging all the characters before. And while it's not bad, I don't think it's like a standout. Well, that I would say, like, I would say a lot of authors uh, do character a lot better than um, what Sanderson did in in, in these first Mistborn books. So that's a taste of kind of uh, my, my evolving opinions on it. But I, but I, I don't know if I like it better or worse than before. I just, Like it for different reasons.
0: And we will say so. We're we're doing a reread on Phantology. You can follow along on our Discord if you're interested. But we're rereading through the Mistborn books in anticipation of the next book that's coming out in it's November, right? I'm pretty sure it's November. So this is still months away. We're recording now in May. So we're kind of slowly rereading. Well, we're we probably started a little too early. I think we're gonna be sitting around on our hands waiting for maybe, uh, but
1: we're trying to also get the the back three right so we saw hero of ages you guys have done the lost metal right well we or, did Law. of law of
0: lost is the next one
1: yeah lost metal and bands of mourning and we should probably do one for secret history
0: secret history too yeah that means its own episode
1: so okay. yeah. yeah i think yeah. we're gonna
0: nail it i mean we, we probably shouldn't uh probably shouldn't overestimate our reading speed because <laughs> that is almost always an overestimate yeah
1: and november is coming up fast i mean we're already halfway through may
0: yeah uh, I don't know. yeah yeah anyway uh so we're not going to do spoilers for anything past the first missborn trilogy we'll say so sure if you've only read the first missborn trilogy listen along we're not gonna yeah i'm not gonna I'd get say, too far into stormlight or anything else i'd say
1: yeah for whatever reason if you haven't even read um hero of ages then we'll try not to spoil that one either i think sure. if you come out on this book having just read it i think we'll not do spoilers for this or for the third book
0: okay yeah i can promise that maybe we'll just maybe we'll hint at things if we like, feel oh, very compelled that how our interesting yeah. Yeah. if our
1: discussion will not be complete without including a spoiler we'll tag it and then you can okay off yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: good book. okay okay that's it so let's get started um i know you had some thoughts about Vin and Ellen's romantic relationship as it evolves in book two.
1: Yeah. So this is one where I was very into it. My first read through, I think, you know, I was how I, I was like either 18 or 19 when I was reading it. So I like felt like Ellen, like I felt like I was Ellen kind of like a uh-huh. kind of into books. Like I feel like Ellen is how every nerd sees themselves. Right. Okay. Like
0: sure. I don't know. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, initially he's he's described as you know chubby or not super athletic really into books just kind of like no no he specifically says that like he's he's kind of chubby in the in the first book oh. Ben says that mm. not like super but you know so i've
1: any... already I've, I've always been on the chubby side too so well that, maybe that's why
0: i i don't know i wasn't trying to make that a dig on you but uh, yeah that, thanks I, i'm pretty sure that is how he's described I, I've always thought that he had a
1: kind of like lower self-esteem, but like everybody, you know, like all the women wanted to marry him mm-hmm. because not only because of his house, but also like, he was the mysterious kind of guy. Anyway, I don't know. I
0: don't like, know. I think I thought every nerd sees himself as like quoth, you know, also <laughs> a big nerd, smart, good at everything. Every woman loves him, et cetera, et cetera. Like, isn't that a nerd see themselves, but then, you know, in, in reality we all lack confidence in different ways
1: yeah okay well i saw myself myself and ellen so we'll just leave it at that okay um fair enough but uh and then and then Ben, you know like I, I probably wouldn't go for Vin. we if you listen to our episode about uh the love Mary kill or whatever episode oh, right. yeah then would one. probably be one that was too intimidating for me i would be uh-huh. i don't know ellen was always kind of worried that she was gonna snap too so anyway that relationship was very compelling to me also the stuff with uh with Zane was compelling to me because it felt like a realistic strain to put on the relationship, mm. and so I think it w- I think that if anything it might my reread of it might be lower, but I don't know if that's because I already know um I guess how the relationship ends. I'm not gonna spoil it because we just t- talked about how we wouldn't spoil it uh-huh, but like so maybe maybe having that knowledge made it not quite as compelling to me this time around, uh-huh. but I still think that this is one of the better. Relationship that Sanderson has done, and that's not a super high bar because it's not like the best relationship. In fantasy. Romantic,
0: romantic relationship. Romantic relationship. Yeah,
1: I, I should clarify.
0: Uh huh. So, so there's a lot
1: of vomit out there, but yeah.
0: <laughs> when you first read it, you said you're 18, 19. Um, now in your later 20s, 30, um, yeah, well, okay, early 30s, <laughs> very early 30s. <laughs> And, and you, know, you were married in the intervening times. So did your perspective on their relationship change like as you read it again, do you think?
1: Yeah, maybe it felt, maybe it did feel kind of like a m- married guy writing the relationship. I don't know if that I, to answer your question, yes. But again, I don't know if that's because I know how it goes. So it's just one of those things where the magic of reading it once is kind of gone once you already know what happens with it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. People love rereading twilight. So yeah, I I guess that's
0: not always the case. That's I'm not married, but when I was, and I read it about the same time as you same ages, I think initially I, I liked reading romances and fantasy books because of that, like, you know, chase aspect to it of, you know, will they, won't they, like, how are they getting together type thing. And so I don't think Vin Allen was super compelling to me. So I was like, oh, they've already, they've already got together. Like the all the exciting part of the romance is it's done with. But now later on in the reread, the the parts about like learning to trust each other and those those types of themes, those I thought were were really good, were harder hitting, and they seemed pretty realistic and, you know. I imagine from your married perspective that uh, those things are important, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: It, and it did a well enough job at like putting some, you know, fantasy twists on classic marriage things like, you know, one person always, you know, like if one person works and the other person stays home, the person that stays home might always think that like, oh, the person that working is, get, that works gets all the accolades and they need to feel like they're like I'm being mm. protected by them. Kind of these things that Ellen feels like is, you know, Vin uh-huh. is the one actually getting stuff done and she's the one that's protecting him. And he can't,
0: you know, like mm-hmm.
1: all of that kind of happens in relationships where there's different, different roles in marriages and some, you know, so I think that's a really good point. And while it doesn't directly talk about like things that most relationships have to deal with, I think it does a well enough job at, at overlaying, you know, those things that you do have mm-hmm. to work on in a relationship
0: onto this very strange situation. And it gets into both of their insecurities in different ways. Like Ellen is insecure about his status once he's deposed from being the king. He's like, oh, you know, I've failed and Vin is not going to, you know, see me in the same light anymore. And Vin on the other hand is like Ellen has seen me kill all these people and now he thinks I'm a monster and neither one of them can really communicate this to each other because they're super insecure about it. And it takes, you know, basically several conversations with their therapist says to kind of (laughs) work it out.
1: I think says is like the definition of why everybody needs therapy. Yeah. So uh, another thing that uh, along that list of things that you were talking about was that they, that Vin felt like uh, she might be being used by Ellen. And Zane wrote that. Right. That was the big thing with Zane. I think, uh-huh. I think Zane is like social media of today, you know, <laughs> okay. like Zane is like the, I, I think of social media sometimes of showing you things through like a really like dirty mirror that like is going to taint how you see yourself and your relationships. Sometimes like you can mm. think like, oh man, I'm reading about how like everybody in relationships gets gaslit or whatever. Now And then you like think, oh, if, am I doing that? Is that happening to me? or mm-hmm. wh- whatever you know i'm not saying that that never happens or anything like that i'm just i, I feel like sometimes when you read about all these things happening then you start right. applying only, that to yourself now only
0: the real only the really sensationalized things right. make it make it big in social media yeah right
1: yeah so like you go read this twitter thread about i i don't i don't want to get into like specific things but i feel like zane kind of does that in this book he always makes then like Doubt herself, or doubt Ellen's intentions towards her, or doubt their relationship, or doubt, you know, like um, her future with with him. And so, I really like that about Zane entering the picture too. Is he knows Ben enough to know what she's going through because he's probably gone through a lot of the same things, and he knows mm-hmm. how to needle her in in such ways. And um, he also like he's also a compelling kind of villain because he also has a lot of trauma that's inflicted on him i I don't know why i'm just like transitioning to zane here but anyway no sure i really like that whole kind of dynamic between ellen Mm and ben and the way that zane screwed with it and thought it was a a interesting Mm -hmm. take on it so
0: yeah i thought zane i read him as a better villain than before straff was your typical like mustache Mustache. twirling (laughs) i'm evil villain like he wasn't very compelling. No, but Z- yeah, but Zane Zane was, and even more so when you get into Hero of Ages, when you kind of realize more about what was going on with him. It's pretty openly hinted at in in this book, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't explicitly said. So you know, go into Hero of Ages, and if you've read that, you you probably know what we're talking about. But that makes it even more compelling the the real kind of underlying motivations for some of the stuff that was going on with him. But the only thing about him that I didn't like as much was as a reader, I could never buy that Vin. There was ever any chance of Vin like running off with him romantically. Like that was clearly never, ever going to happen. Right. So I, I never thought she was going to run off with him romantically, but I remember
1: reading it, thinking there's a chance that he was going to persuade her to leave Ellen and maybe mm. be with him. I'm trying to, there seems to be a relationship that I'm trying to think of where that kind of happens. And it's never said explicitly if they, if they were romantically involved, but like, Oh dang, I don't know. Why I can't remember it, but mm. anyway, I, I I felt like there's a chance that Jane was going to successfully convince out to leave Ellen and maybe go off with him. Maybe not, but definitely like in the relationship, mm. at least for a
0: time, you know? I mean, he does get her to go on a massive killing spree yeah through all of the set guys like that seemed like it maybe should have been a bigger deal than it was like it was i don't want to say it was brushed under the rug but it was dealt with pretty quickly
1: yeah that's true this this was like a yeah like definitely government cover-up right here they're they're definitely the alex jones of luthadel is probably
0: like for sure, having, you know, like onto this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a big deal for Vin's psyche when it happened, but the plot just kind of like plowed right through it. It was it's like, okay, yeah, that happened. Okay, Vin's like real depressed for a few days. And then like, oh, the plot, like, okay, off we go again. And I mean, it wasn't I, that heavy handed, but... I think I, I think partly
1: because Vin at the ending of it stopped herself from From doing anything to like, you know, she, she reeled herself in. I mean, yes,
0: she let set go, but, and maybe, maybe it's not as big of a deal because she was fighting against people who were fighting her. And she's been in these combat situations a lot before. And, and she had
1: Kelsey as her mentor, who is also like kind of psychopathic
0: pretty ruthless. Yeah. And right. And, And she was fighting her enemies. Like these people, that were, were sieging her city yeah they they had sent alamancers against her before trying to kill her yeah so it wasn't like she was killing innocents or anything that bad but but you're right
1: the way it was framed was that if she makes this decision it's kind of like a point of no return for her mm-hmm. and then she makes the decision and then she maybe she makes like nine tenths of the decision or whatever right and she like right she like doesn't make it all the way so you know it's okay and, and yeah pressure, yeah mm-hmm. um the last thing I want to say about the the Zane thing was that I did appreciate how it wasn't like an Edward Jacobs situation where like, they're both just like these hot guys that just want Vin and like, you, you know, um, like Zane wasn't like another version of Ellen, just like the bad boy version. You know what I mean? Like he was genuinely like speaking to a completely different side of Vin that like Ellen could have no way of understanding. And wasn't doing so in like a, I want you for your body sort of way. It was like, a, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, I felt like it was a lot more mature than that, if that makes sense. And so I think that was compelling for me in that way right.
0: too. Yeah. Like Zane, Zane wanted Vin in his life because he was like, this is the only person that could prevent me from going crazy and going off the deep end. And, and when she does like ultimately re- reject him right at the, the very end, He's like, oh crap! Like this is, this is bad. This is really bad for me because it means that I have no other options.
1: Right. All right. I think that's that's a good recap of their relationships, probably. Sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. So so those are the that's the Vin Zane, Ellen uh, love triangle, which is better than the Twilight love triangle. Uh, what about the the Cezid and Tindwill relationship? The other one that was slowly that was more of a slow burn throughout yeah. the book that one is that
1: one was cute i liked it uh, um i don't know if i have too much to say about it you didn't like it okay steven has things to say well
0: i like part of it like i definitely liked once again this was a this was a more mature relationship they weren't just like wanting each other for their bodies right like they they connected on deeper levels and because of both of their tragic backstories You could tell that they really did understand each other in ways that other people couldn't. The only thing that I didn't like about it as much was it, I don't know. Like I I didn't really see the whole point to the Tyndall character other than to create this situation. Like it didn't seem super natural to me that this would have happened through the course of the, book. like, it seemed like Sanderson was more saying says needs a relationship to define him more like okay let's put it, this woman in and mm. and put them together and like therefore says it says his character will grow through that which i guess is fine it just felt a little more heavy handed than you know these characters exist and they kind of naturally come together
1: okay yeah i don't think you're wrong about that but i mean that
0: that feels like it's being really picky cuz
1: no but she does kind of just like enter the chat you know it, it's just it's just she wasn't really character in book 1 she yeah. is a character now. And I think it's more than just Ellen or uh, more Seizid. than just Sazed's relationship. Like she also serves to teach a lot about the culture of the,
0: uh, the terrorist people. Yeah. The yeah. terrorist culture. And to and to educate Ellen and kind of take him to the next level. Yeah. Cause I, I feel yeah. like
1: Sazed wouldn't have really been able to do that. Yeah. It, it does give you a bigger appreciation for Sazed's character. I just like with how much he was trying to thwart authority a similar thing happens in book three with the uh with the chandra culture Mm. like building that out and so while i while i do agree that there could have been a much better job of introducing her character than just like having her come into the palace and be like hey i'm gonna teach you how to be a king i think that um her character did serve more than the, the more than just the purpose of like being a compelling thing about
0: Sazed's character, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good pushback. But it wasn't terrible, I don't know if I loved it. I mean, I, I like Sazed's character a lot. I, I just think Tinwell was not super compelling to me for whatever reason, even though at face value she has like an interesting backstory and everything. I just never really connected with her character too much as I was reading it. I feel like if we
1: would have gotten like two or three viewpoints from her it could have gone a long way to building Mm -hmm. out her character you know like maybe just more of an emotional connection yeah just because there Mm -hmm. are sanderson i think he's gotten more okay with expanding the viewpoint characters as he's written Mm -hmm. more you know as he's gotten later in his catalog but um i feel like they could have i feel like that could have helped us connect a little bit more emotionally to her and because there were just several times with ellen of like oh you need to change this about the way you roll oh you need to change this about the way you act like any number of those could have
0: been from her perspective Mm -hmm. and then she goes back to her
1: room and thinks about what a good king he will if he learned all of
0: his lessons or whatever i don't know that's that's a good point i think i think brandon has gotten better at deciding purpose purposefully deciding when to put in different viewpoints because in this one there's a few times i'm remembering there's A section where it's from Breeze's viewpoint. And I want to say to be there. But it was like half baked, right? Like if he wanted to do more from Breeze's viewpoint, it could have been interesting, but it was just like such a small section. You're like, wait a second, this whole book is from a select number of viewpoints. And now there's like a few pages from Breeze. This seems this seems strange. So I think he's gotten better at deciding when to put in a significant amount of time from different viewpoint characters and when to do a small amount of time from some viewpoint characters. And I think he mostly does that in like his interludes and Stormlight Archive is, is what an effective time he's decided that he likes doing that. But yeah. in this one, maybe if Tindable was more of an established viewpoint character would have been better. Yeah. Is it, does Tindable remind you of a character from Wheel of Time at all? I got, I got some real strong Wheel of Time vibes from Uh, one specific character. Are you thinking Nynaeve? No, no, not Nynaeve. More right. No.
1: More right. One of the eyes to die. I don't know. Uh, one I mean.
0: of one of the eyes to die uh, comes in a bit later, mentors our hero for a bit. I feel like in, this in is kind a of pop quiz in kind of a heavy handed way.
1: Oh, dang Yeah. I'm blanking on her name.
0: Um, Cad Swain.
1: Cad Swain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. yeah. 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 She gave me she gave me like nicer Cad Swain vibes.
1: Yeah. I guess I don't want to spoil things for real time, but sure.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: I feel like nicer Cat Swain is maybe a more delicate way of putting it than I would,
0: but yeah. All right. So uh, a,
1: yeah, I wasn't a very big Cat Swain fan, but
0: yeah. few few are, few are to <laughs> be honest. I'm I'm pretty sure few are. Um if you are a Cat Swain fan, let us know why we're wrong in the comments. <laughs> so uh okay, another another thing that I was mixed on were the, the politics section. This is mostly in like the first half of well. It was probably all throughout. Late, okay, it was throughout. Kind of the middle, the middle chunk maybe was a lot of the politics. What do you think of the the politics? Mostly from the this is mostly the Allen's plot line.
1: Yeah, again, I feel like this gets a lot of heat. I did not mind it. I I liked it mainly. I think because I remember really liking it before because this is one of the first time I had more kind of politics in a fantasy book. It was new to me and fresh, and I liked it then. Until so maybe that led over into me liking it now i can see how i can i i get the point of it hurting the pacing of the book but i also think that it does contribute a lot to the themes of like trying to develop this new kind of ruling class over you know what used to be a dictatorship it gives me kind of like the you know Mm -hmm. french revolution vibes so Mm -hmm. i don't mind it but i get why people do that that's my take
0: on it yeah i i actually i liked it okay I actually don't think it bogged down. At least the politics didn't bog it down as much. I think where, where this book gets bogged down is in just like the incessant conversations that are happening somewhere in the palace. feels like we're always going back to the palace for the next conversation. And so I really like the politics because at least then we were exploring other areas. We were out in the you know, the Lord's round to borrow from Abercrombie. Um, And, and, and something interesting was happening. Something always interesting, always happened in these political meetings. Yeah, man. So I'm never going to the political meeting, by the way. Yeah. Did you hear about the
1: (laughs) Senator from Hawaii that like, apparently Sorry, this is real world politics, but apparently he like never went to like, he's voted in absentee votes, like every one of his votes and he hasn't been to Congress like ever. And he still is working as an airline pilot as a Senator.
0: (laughs) i did not and hear about that okay this
1: is a big take but if i was in the Congre- congress or whatever they had established i would never go there because every single time is interrupted by assassins or something like you're i would gonna... definitely be voting absentee or i don't you're, know you're,
0: you're gonna zoom in to all of your yeah, medieval fantasy meetings uh uh-huh. <laughs> the, the only reason that i don't say i loved the politics was because i feel like joe abercrombie spoiled it for me because the way that he writes politics in his books is more interesting. Yeah. I just like it more. And it's not as if it's, it's more action-packed. It just feels like there's more tension. He does a better job hopping around to different viewpoints. And, uh, and there's a lot of interesting things that happen during his political. uh, It's not like Abercrombie has a ton of politics, but when it does happen, it's always really exciting, really interesting. And, I didn't quite get that same level of, uh, of visceral excitement from, from Well of Ascension, even though the politics end with this really exciting, bloody battle. I think part of it is because
1: the, poli- the politics in this, you always knew who you're rooting for. You know, it was always like you just wanted Ellen to win. Like Pembrose mm. or whatever his name is, like it wasn't a bad choice, but like you never really felt compelled to vote for him. Yeah, you're, to, to you know, and same thing with uh, what was the guy's set? Not wait.
0: When well, when set came when in, Sat came
1: in. Yeah. yeah, you're like this isn't. He does not have good intentions. The way that Abercrombie writes it is everybody has good and bad intentions, and like you don't really know who you want to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you just so maybe that seems more yeah. real to
0: life with real
1: politics. Exactly. You're like, like well, these people are all scumbags. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't want this guy to win. Yeah. This guy doesn't seem very good either, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah maybe that maybe that's why maybe maybe i can only connect to politics if it seems like my real not that i have any real political experience but that's that's what it seems like happens in the real world yeah fair enough
1: the the one thing the the thing i didn't like as much about the politics real quick as you wrap this up is it didn't seem at the end it didn't seem to be that consequential like it didn't really contribute a whole lot this is one of the rare things where a main mm-hmm. plotline didn't really contribute a whole lot to the, that's a good point. That's to good the, point. Uh, to the climax, uh huh.
0: And the climax didn't really resolve it because Penrod became the king, yeah. And that was like the big thing, yeah. 60% or whatever of the, the ways into the books, like ah crap, like Ellen was gonna get his way back into king and it didn't work out. And like, oh no, now it's gonna happen. It's like, oh, okay, well, Penrod is king, uh, no one actually cares about that because Ellen is still cool and is still basically making any decisions that matter because he's going to go off with Ben and do cool stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, or Ben's just, or Ben's just going to do it herself. And then
1: he's just going to take the throne back because he realizes that he, that he's the only one that can protect everyone, you know? Right. I don't know. So there's, there's kind of the, uh, maybe a little bit more sour to end the politics section on, but Mm -hmm. we felt like it needed to be said. So
0: no, that's true. I, that that probably helps me realize why it didn't quite sit with me as importantly, because if it turned out that in fact, Penrod was evil or at the end if Penrod was able to like really show how noble he was. And he was, he was elected King for a reason. And uh, Ellen was like, Oh, Penrod is awesome. He's doing great stuff. Like how do, how do I deal with this? Because I also want to be King and I have ideas stuff like that might be more compelling than just like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's go into the the twist. One of the twists that happens with uh, Tensun and Orsor. You know, the the Condra was killed by Orsor. Orsor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can never say that name. And that's twist halfway through because one of the things that kind of keeps things going throughout is this mystery of who is the other Condra, who's the spy what what's up with this body that they found and actually this was one that so it's been years since i read it as we talked about and i forgot that this happened so as i was reading it it was also shocking to me it's like oh like i, I forgot that that it, after reading it's like oh yeah of course that's right that's how that works but it yeah. was exciting
1: i have a similar experience to you in my this is kind of embarrassing in my mind i always thought i remembered that pembrose maybe i think that this is what i wanted to have happen but i thought that it was like pembrose's chondra or pembrose You mean, was you mean penrod penrod Pen, yeah pembrose i
0: think you're combining Pen... we're well, i think you're bringing in ambrose ambrose, ambrose. From...
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you got ambrose, ambrose kind of like jackets yeah <laughs> that's, the, that's the first time i think i've heard his name said out loud and now i realized what his name is
0: well sound like well, i mean Quoth literally composes a song oh does he and it's Fear.
1: it's been 12 year, years since i've read that book too so uh,
0: uh, is that i can't remember if that's in name of the wind or wise man's fear but the name of the song is jackass jackass and it's a playoff of ambrose's good name.
1: okay uh what was it? yeah i always thought that penrod was going to be the, the anyway so that's how i thought it was going to happen like I think I, it was one of those where I like trick myself into, you know, thinking that I was right because I wanted to be right the whole book. And then like mm. now 12 years later or whatever, it, the way I remember it was the way I wanted it to be um, or the way I thought it was going to be, I guess would be a better way of saying it because this twist. Yeah, it was, I think that this really works. I think again, it recontextualizes everything you've learned. It helps you know why Tensoon or, or Sarah was being so cagey mm-hmm. the entire time. Um, it makes those scenes hit all the harder mm-hmm. and i also really like how he gave uh vin the secret to saving the city with with being able to realize that she could uh-huh. uh take over you know their like bodies the colossus and, in the same and, way yeah. yeah take over the colossus in the mm-hmm. same way um so yeah great twist that's a classic sanderson twist right there it's yeah yeah i
0: like all those things i especially like like you said how the thing with the Condra, the hint that he gives is then ultimately important for the Colossus at the end. That was very Sanderson-esque and well done. The only thing that I didn't like as much about it was how quickly Vin was not, was not damaged by the betrayal. Like Vin, the character who struggles with trust and always has, she's betrayed by someone. I mean, I know this is more of a magical being and there are like reasons why, he had to betray her, and it was part of their contract and stuff. But still, it seems like a character who has struggled with trust their whole life to be betrayed by someone like one of the few people that she she let in close to her seems like it should have been a bigger deal. But she really, really quickly just like brushed it aside and was like, eh, "Okay, well, you know, you helped me out at the end, so like on to the next thing." I hadn't thought of that before, but I I like that.
1: Um, I think I think maybe dismissing uh, like the contract. I think that she had a deeper understanding of the contract with realizing that they, that like they had no
0: real agency,
1: you know, I think that that yeah. probably helped her forgive it a little bit, but well, from, I a, think,
0: logical, from I think, a logical, from a logical, like you're saying logically, it does make sense that she but, should be but forgiving.
1: Vin, yeah. But then doesn't this, this seems a little bit like Sanderson saying, Oh yeah, she should be forgiving. I'll make her forgiving when it doesn't really fit her character. You know, she knew yeah. logically the entire time that that Ellen loved her and wanted the best for her, but like that wasn't what her emotions were telling her, and it caused a huge conflict. Right. So the same thing,
0: yeah. I mean, really, what what would have been realistic is she feels betrayed. Just a suit, she stew's on it for a while. She goes to her ther- her therapist, Doctor Sazed, and Sazed says, "You know, oh child, well the contract is such and such, and like you need to maybe consider that." uh, you know Orser always wanted to help you but could not and and you know deep analogy blah 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 and then it's like okay great i like it ting we
1: should be the screenwriters for the Mistborn movie when it comes yeah to that. we do yeah, such a job
0: it'll be a really good movie with us as screenwriters <laughs> oh yeah let's hopefully no hopefully no one sees that one have you seen the the reddit thing that's going around of these guys who are writing out these like really stupidly <laughs> written like purpose purposely butchering plot lines yeah. and putting together movies
1: i heard daniel green did like a live reading i listened to like 10 minutes of it i do oh it. he's
0: into that okay I, th-
1: I mean i think it was the first one i think it was for the way of kings yeah, yeah i've
0: seen this i've seen the way of kings one and i've seen one they did for malazan
1: yeah it, it starts off with being like oh yeah and then I, i'm forgetting how they
0: but they just totally butcher it would be like if somebody heard
1: like the names in the Way of Kings and saw the book cover, and then like tried to write mm-hmm. what the book was about, was about what I got out of it.
0: Yeah. It's like if an AI generated it, but, but the writing, like it, it makes sense in English writing and it's funny and like purposefully dumb. It, yeah. They're very well written Reddit threads. If you, if you don't know what this is, go, go look it up. I don't know how you look this up. Uh, stupid Stormlight movie plot. Maybe that'll take you there. They're, they're fun reads. Okay. okay yeah yeah good plug for random reddit threads Uh, um okay we're getting close to the end let's just kind of talk about the climax here so what do you think of the whole siege plot line and the final the final climax
1: yeah this is all you know my point of view What makes sanderson one of the greatest authors of our of all time of our time and all time i guess but um
0: dang let's go there well, I don't know, yeah.
1: like not the greatest, but I I think he's up there and like-
0: One of the he, greatest, yeah. One of the greatest. One of the greatest, greatest fetish. Fetish. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, Um,
1: so yeah, just how every, most, we just talked about how the politics, this was kind of where the politics uh, wrapped up on was the siege and and mm-hmm. breaking through the wall. But so I guess it wasn't like in the ultimate climax, but it was definitely in this rising action was incorporated in there. Mm-hmm. Then finding out about the Colossus and about um the Chandra like that was huge you get um some some what should be if sanderson would have handled these, char- handled these characters a little bit better sad tragic deaths uh, along with tinwell i actually was sad about that one um i was kind of sad running. about
0: that too so maybe yeah. that means i had more of a connection to her than someone like clubs who i was like ah, eh, that's a shame. yeah yeah so there's I'm a seinfeld kind of- reaction <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh boy so i'm just kind of yeah i'm kind of just running through these but but yeah, this was, I remember um, there's there's a few just um, Sanderson moments of his books that are just like burnt into my mind. One of them is the ending, or like the climax of the Way of Kings with I, I don't want to spoil that, but you know sure. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, And then the other, and then another one of these them is this scene with, uh, with Vin like falling from the sky and like just totally like taking control of Condra and then like changing the whole battle like that or cola sorry and changing the whole like that's like an image that i've had in my mind for like the last 12 years and it it Mm -hmm. felt like it hit the same high points that i did 12 years ago and i really liked it
0: falling from the sky and uh cutting people in half dramatically is also seen in uh oathbringer (laughs) yeah if you're yes something that sanderson likes (laughs) what's not to like about it's it cool Yeah, no, it is cool it is cool for sure yeah yeah <laughs> One of his uh, laws of writing is "air on the side of awesome," and uh, yeah. and this was awesome. I guess th- I-, I feel like I'm kind of playing devil's advocate on a lot of the things in our conversation tonight. But uh, the only thing that I would say about this is it seemed like the siege kind of just starts. Like the viewpoints that we were having through the narrative weren't those that cared about the siege a whole lot. Maybe Ellen should have cared more or been more involved. But since we didn't get viewpoints from like Hammond or, you know, any of the more military type people, we didn't really have a great sense for how things were progressing, how the supply lines were going, et cetera, et cetera. And so once the plot needed to start, it it started and there were probably reasons for it. And I'm, you know, probably kind of minimizing it and, and being critical, but it did just feel like, okay, the siege is like the battle started. Here we go.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I mean, straight up, like Vin was away from the city when it was started, and she was just yeah. trying to make it back. Yeah, I, it didn't bug me that much, but
0: I don't think it. Bu- I don't think it bugged me too much either because that wasn't the story that we were supposed to care about. We were supposed to care more about the character stories, especially Vin and Ellen, and we did. And the book really did a good job with those things. And, you know, it probably would have been a better book if it got you to care about more aspects of it more. Uh, but, you know, once the battle started, it was exciting.
1: Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, what what about the actual... I, I think that's like the rising action. What about the the climax um, at the Well of Ascension?
0: Yeah. So this is uh, this is probably going to be my, my worst of the best. Okay. Thing. So, yeah. So maybe it's time for that. So if you've listened before, uh, you know, we pick out some moments where... Uh, we really like these aspects. We always try to we always try to be positive mostly and then we can be a little critical every now and then. so uh... the worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick. But that's the segment. It's the pimple on the princess, the stain on the satin, and the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. So my entry for the worst of the best is the the climax was great. Um, the, the, the twist with Ruin coming out and all of that and realizing that all of the research that, that uh, Sazed and Tinwell were doing had been tainted and, and they were, they'd been reading into things the wrong way and why the pages were ripped and what was going on uh, with like that missed figure. Actually, through this book, we're still not really sure what's going on with the missed figure, but you do get some hints towards the end. Anyway, all of that stuff was leading up to the, you know, the release of ruin from the Well of Ascension and Vin ultimately making the wrong choice, even though it seemed like the right choice at the time. That was all really cool. The only thing that I thought, and my the worst part of this was I wish that somehow that excitement and twist would have tied into the excitement of the fighting inside of the city. Like somehow the coloss and you know, they somehow. They needed to go to the well in order to get the power to save the city, or I don't even really know. Hmm. This sounds I, like
1: the ending of another fantasy book.
0: <laughs> was... Wait, which which book? Which what do you think? The um can you like another,
1: another one with the location in its title. It's the first book of a series has the location of the title that the characters need to go through for somebody to take the power and save save and and turn the tide of a mm-hmm. battle and Dang. the tv show adaption was different
0: than the book <laughs> oh 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 yeah yeah okay i got you now that took me an embarrassing long time to come <laughs> like
1: i'm like i'm saying this is right right <laughs> yeah yeah awesome no, right that yeah month, so.
0: yeah although to be fair the climax of that book is like probably not great could also be i think most yeah. wheel of, or <laughs> most fans of the <laughs> series that I just said the name of, uh, it's not really a spoiler. Like, well, maybe it is. I don't know. It, it, the series has been out for a while, so go read it. Um, most fans would agree that that climax probably is kind of confusing and could be a little bit, uh, more clear. So yeah. maybe if it's both just by things were combined, Yeah. If both of those yeah. things were combined into the screenplay for the world of Ascension that we're going to write, then it okay. would be great.
1: All right. right, we'll, we'll make sure to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that the, the revelation that we get later on in the series about who the, the spirit, the miss spirit is mm-hmm. does make me appreciate this whole sequence a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I, I think that there is a lot of backlash against, you know, Ellen becoming a missborn I think that some of that is valid. Um, although I just like my boy, Ellen not dying. So I'm happy about, about it. Uh-huh. And I think that the amazing part that Sanderson always does so well of like you thinking, you know, what's going on and then you don't like was executed perfectly during this. So yeah, I thought it was great.
0: Like you said at the beginning, um, it, it recontextualizes a lot of what we read of what we have read so far really well. Once you realize that all of the prophecies and the things that we thought were true is actually all a lie and it does it in a really cool way um and then it's going to further recontextualize again in the next book that's what makes i think that's part of yeah, what makes this series makes really sense. cool
1: yeah also i like that they didn't find this out before it happened i like that they failed this bu- at the ending of this book you know kind of they failed at the ending of book one a little bit too you know like mm. um so i think that though that that adds a lot of uh they build up going into book three is that our heroes are not infallible that they can mess things up and they can make things worse and mm-hmm. that was a big theme for this book and that's kind of a big theme for the series is you know throughout like the what if the hero lost and you know died and failed it became a mad ruler or whatever you know that's mm-hmm. kind of the theme going into the books and that's still continuing through the through the second book is what if our heroes make things worse
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Did you have a, a a different worst of the best?
1: Yeah, worst of the best. Um, the fight with Zane uh, and her figuring out how to beat ATM, it was like, okay, if I just think really hard, I can oh, beat yeah. ATM. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah it, yeah. it is kind of one of those moments that I think back on and remember being really cool. And it, it is, but it's kind of like, well, you just thought like, about it. It's like, I guess so. Uh, okay.
0: Like,
1: yeah. yeah, I can. Yeah. So that was my worst hmm. of the best.
0: If you just trust my instincts and don't even, don't even decide what to do, then like I guess it makes sense because, but I don't know. You just get into is that would you call that a butterfly effect? Like you just get into this time loop type thought process. It doesn't because that's the thing
1: is that I don't think that ATM really shows exactly the future. It shows what people are likely to do based on their based on who they are that's why it's kind of like the antithesis of gold right mm-hmm. am, I, am i getting that okay. elementic table right
0: um like, it is well it's i mean atm is the god metal it's is it the opposite i don't think it's the opposite of gold because it's the god metal no along with
1: sorry but the one that shows who they are in the past right
0: yeah it, i mean it is the opposite of the past and the future thing sure
1: yeah so i think it i think that we should probably not talk about because i'm sure people have those figured out but i think that there is like a built-in explanation for that why that could why that could work but i don't know yeah
0: yeah it seemed a little hand wavy
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah it seemed like sanderson needed it to work and so it it did i think what but, it, yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: but it's like this is the first time this has ever happened like <laughs>
1: Well, it didn't, she didn't say that then in fact was like, I'm sure people had figured this out before, but That's it was the type of secret that you shared.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That That is true. Yeah. So I guess maybe it's not as terrible, but I think you're right. Like it is a little question. It's the worst of the best, the best. It's like,
1: okay, here's a really cool yeah. thing. Maybe if we could have spent some more time on it and had like a, you know, some mm-hmm. build up to how this could work or if beating ATM like, Oh, this has to be possible. We just have to figure out how, like, it wasn't even presented mm. as possible before this happened, right, you know, right. so.
0: And that, that line of thinking would have made sense for Vin because she was out of ATM. So maybe her and Orser like several times are trying different ways to beat it. And like, finally yeah. this comes up. Yeah. Or like they have
1: to use the last of their ATM to figure out how to beat ATM. And then like, it's left ambiguous on if they did or not, but then, you know. Oh yeah. That. Dude, our screenplay, right. man, it's
0: coming together. Our, yeah, our screenplay is really good. So definitely sign up for that uh, <laughs> that Reddit post that we'll write about the screenplay. <laughs> All I right. Know, so uh, we'll come out with our review of Hero of Ages. Probably, I don't know if we do one if we do one a month or one every month yeah. and a half or so. We should be right online for the Lost Metal coming out in November. And we need to uh, we need to get on getting an arc for the Lost Metal. We need to start talking to people. I think it might be a little too early. This is May still but in the next few months we need to do that
1: yeah so i guess here's our plea to like i don't to share you know share this um with other fantasy people that you think would like this content share it if you're watching on youtube comment like subscribe i don't know if there's a little pitch yeah do all this but good stuff that'll help us you know prepare for good arcs and stuff in the future so all
0: right see everyone later thanks josh